Sean Capri, and welcome to Weed the Gamer Cast. It publishes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing and rating the show on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends and telling your mom and telling your dad and telling your, your cousins and your, your cousins' cousins and your second cousins. And eventually, I think it all just comes back down to um, all of your family. Thank you guys so much for sharing the show. I have to I have to be honest, right before we get into things here, I'm not I'm not stoked about that hey. I'm I'm a little I'm a little medicated <laughs> right now if I'm being honest with you. I'm a little I'm a little uh, affected, but we're going to get into it. But if you're new cuz guys, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. If you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have a sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. We talk about life and video games and if you want to be on the show, you can tweet at me at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. I am uh I I I'm on a bit of a mix of I don't know, I guess just I think actually what I more than the cold medication that I'm on, which is definitely making me feel a little woozy. <laughs> it's definitely big. and also like normally when I get a little bit of a tickle in the throat, like I kinda get like a good like hey, but like I don't know what's going on, man. Not not feeling my best because I'm a little I'm a little tired because I I ran a ten kilometer run today. Did a charity run earlier today, and guess what? Last weekend, last Sunday I did the exact same thing. I don't think I talked to you guys about that because I think I recorded before that because I was actually on top of things last week. But that's for a whole other story. Um, ran ten kilometers this week for uh, for the, for cardiac care and research at a local hospital here, which I have a huge amount of admiration and respect for everybody who works there. They're going through they're going through some stuff, man. Last weekend it was for my ten uh, kilometer run for my good friend. Justin Ching, who died of suicide a number of years ago. So that was a fundraiser for suicide prevention and, and mental health and awareness and all of that kind of stuff. So really feeling good about how all that went. Um, I wasn't going to do the 10K today. I was actually signed up to do a five. And then I, I sort of like gave into some, to some peer pressure. And I, and I feel like the, the best kind of peer pressure, like, oh, come on, you can do it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and honestly, I'll just jump right into it right here. I feel so grateful that I did that because immediately after, I finished the run. I met two people. One, I'll tell you about one, one guy was, um, I don't know exactly how old he is. And I'm, I'm getting worse and worse at telling like, or, or guessing people's age, but he was, he was a, he was a, he was an older guy. Um, but obviously very proud of the fact that he just finished his 10 kilometer run as well. And as he finished the, the, the finishing line, as he crossed over, he proudly raised his shirt and showed his, his scar from a recent, um, triple bypass. And it was just one of those moments of like, just a, just a, a shot of perspective, man, where I was like, golly, these hills are kind of tricky and I don't really do 10k all that often. I'm not, I, I wish I could run faster and blah, 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 blah. All the worries. All, and that's just related to the physical that, that of, of the running, uh, basically just <laughs> made me think about the rest of life as well, where it's like this dude just like powered through. I mean, not, it wasn't the most challenging 10k, but I mean, it was, it was 10k. So that's a long distance. That's a, that's a, that's a far away. And he just, I don't know. Some, sometimes I meet these people who seem to have like another lease on life. And it's exactly why I feel so grateful that I do what I do like for a living. But then also like I, w- I would be doing this stuff even if it's not, even if it wasn't part of my, my day job, really. Um, it's just something that I've always felt really compelled to do. I, I really like pushing myself in a physical way and then also raising money along the way. So this is all uh, a roundabout way to say thank you to you guys for supporting all of that stuff um, the, between the um, mental health awareness run last weekend and this one for cardiac care and research. Uh, we raised more than $4,200 and counting, which is incredible as we shift gears now into extra life. So we're going to be helping out a lot of people this year as a community. And I am so grateful to all of you guys for all of that. Holy crap. Okay. So did I explain? I guess I'm just kind of like, these runs kind of destroy me. That's kind of the, that was the point about me being medicated. I'm just kind of like, you know, 
and not even like I, I, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic. It's not like I, I took some Advil and like a like Tylenol cold kind of thing. So mostly just my legs because I'm standing up at my desk right now. My legs are feeling kind of wobbly. That's 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 really it. Anyways, um, I hope you guys are great. I want to thank everybody who um, supports us over at Patreon. You can do that as well if you guys like patreon.com slash Yumi Capri because just for a dollar a month, you get early access to all the shows. This show, the Xbox Drive, the Nintendo Drive, the PlayStation Drive, the RPG Cave. There's probably something else I'm missing. Anyways, a ton of content just for a buck a month. And for $3 a month, you get exclusive content like the Pants Patreon podcast for Patrons Podcast, which is my, it's like a Q&A. It's kind of like this, but longer. And you get to, you get to tell me what to talk about. It's super fun. Um, you would have seen a couple of those examples pop up on the feeds. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed that as well. And I want to take a quick moment to thank our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, who you heard last week. He's the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. And by the way, um, if you're if you're just joining today, go back, listen last week. We, we kicked off Extra Life season. It's happening. Uh, open invite to people for, to people to join us in Rome, New York. But if you can't join us in Rome, New York, you can still join the team. You can play from home. You can do whatever you want. You can reach out to all the links are in the show notes. So, uh, so there you go. Lee Navarro, we talked about all that. And Jonathan Brown, the third Capremium producer, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can support Jonathan at youtube.com slash PME Entertainment. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, you guys are amazing. And all of our gold members, Argo, Benji Kong, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skinny Matt, and Xavier Reyes, you guys. So many of you I've been playing Halo with on Saturday nights. Twitch.tv slash Sean Capri. Halo Saturdays continue on. I think that's probably... that's pro- I just wanted to tell you guys about the charity runs. Those have been going good. Oh, shout out to freaking Marcus O'Neill, local guy. Uh, lives here in the city with me as well. And really got me ready for this, man. Um, earlier on in the summer, I decided to make a bit of a change and focus on my health. And I think that has helped out. <laughs> I don't just think, I think it, it definitely has. Um, Marcus has kept me accountable on running and my, my eating and all of that stuff. Just always, always there for me. And he's got a trillion things going on in his own life, which I, I always appreciate people like that. So Marcus, shout out to you. Uh, really good friend. I'm lucky to know you, my friend. Okay. You guys, Lord. Sovereign, my goodness gracious! This is a this was a long time coming. Uh, there was an episode of the Iron Lords podcast, Sov's podcast um, that he that he does with a, a <laughs> I guess like five other people. It is definitely a worthwhile. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to talk to Sov because there's been a couple of moments uh, when I listen to the show. It's just like he's a. He, he's he's kind of wired a little bit, and they're all kind of like wired differently on that show. Everybody's kind of, we'll get into this right at the start of the conversation, but but Sov is wired a little bit differently, and I just feel like there's a kindness to him. There's a introspectiveness. There's there's something there that I just wanted to, um, I wanted to to learn more about, really, is is really the way that I'll put it. So I'm not going to delay any longer. You should be following him, if you aren't already, at Lord Sov, I-L-P on Twitter. Here he is, Lord Sovereign. On the show, we definitely all play our different roles. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, King is the, the agitator and I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm the one, I'm the contrarian when it comes to, you know, his opinions and it sure. works as a back and forth. And then Cog is like in the middle, but then sometimes that uh, he, he'll definitely lob the grenades out into the battlefield <laughs> and just, you know, see what happens. <laughs> and then Attic, you know, Attic is always going to come out with an opinion, you know, from the far left of wherever. So it's, mm-hmm. it, 
somehow it works. <laughs> you know, and one of the things that I've noticed listening to Cog and um, defining Duke as well is like yeah. he does he he doesn't hold back at all. Like he'll he'll mm-hmm. throw out the like you know when I'm talking to Attic and when I'm talking yeah. to Sal. Like it's just like like you guys are clearly just so close. You yeah. know, like you've always been that way, and I don't know. Is that, is, uh, it, it when you learn about how close mm-hmm. and how long you guys have known each other, like it's re- really not a surprise, but it's just <laughs> so rare. I think is really what it is. That like, when do you ever get to see people? You know, still together, still friends, still laughing it up. Like, how long have you guys all known each other at this point? At Your this whole point, lives. Yeah, basically, Cog, Cog, and I have known each other since third grade. Right? That's so. wild, dude. Yeah, and then King came into the fold uh, later on. I guess we were already like in sort of in high school, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I went away for high school. I was in, in boarding school, so I wasn't around when, when Cog actually met King. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and I, you know, I remember, I, I've told this story a million times, but I, I came back to visit, I think. I, I wasn't sure. I don't remember if it's to visit or I had, come, I had finished school and come back. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time I meet King, and I'm like, he's he's bigger than us, and he looks older <laughs> than us. He's not, he's not much older than us, but he looks older than us. So oh I'm yeah, like, why is Kyle hanging out with this old dude? Like, you know? <laughs> and why does this old dude keep talking smack? I, he's just, you know, he's always just been him. like that. He's always been that way. He's always been that way. So yeah, and it was just you know, it was he and I sitting down that that same day, I think, to like. And like four hour uh, Street Fighter Alpha Marathon. Oh, oh yes, yes, I love. And it, it was a thing. Like I thought I was, uh, I thought I was great, and he thought he was great. And it, we literally, I think we we went toe to toe for like four hours. And at yeah. the end of it, you know, there was a friendship there because it, you know, he was talking smack, I was talking smack, and mm-hmm. then we just we were very evenly matched. And it was just one of those things. Is like you know, after that, that was it. That was history. Do you ever think uh, about like what put you in that? spot like you know like you, you could have not been there at that time it seems like you know the chances of you meeting and having that moment are kind of kind of crazy yeah i mean definitely i would probably would have met him at some point right because i you know coming back home i would have hung out with cog at some point and i would yeah. have met him at some point but um yeah it was it just happened to be that particular time in that particular game mm-hmm. you know uh, and it was it's interesting because he and i are the ones that sort of gravitated to the 2d stuff so by that yeah. time like cog and the rest of the group had moved on kind of completely to 3d they weren't into street fighter anymore yeah and i'm kind of a 2d purist so i was like still even at the time the... it was hard to it was hard not to be swayed like oh this virtual oh, no, fighter i, I loved stuff. i and i loved all that stuff like i yeah. loved virtual fighter i love tekken, tekken uh, you know yeah. we have you have so many tekken stories mm-hmm. but um i was i i did not want to let go of that you know as a sega kid and yeah. i was holding on to that saturn holding on to that dreamcast <laughs> you know and obviously dreamcast had one of the best 3d games ever in uh in um in soul caliber mm-hmm. but uh but that saturn was a 2d powerhouse i love that that that's a multi-platform game and yeah. but it's a dreamcast game in your head yeah so, you know it like, is like it doesn't exist on gamecube you know yeah. <laughs> or well the, the first one the first one didn't come out on gamecube right so so caliber the 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 sort of uh the the first home conversion of Soul mm. Calibur was was an exclusive to the to the Dreamcast and it was the, you know the launch game that sort of like propelled that console oh at least for gosh. a short period of time yeah. into like you know in, in, into the the stars and then it just crashed and burned quickly after that <laughs> but yeah Soul Calibur two right was on everything Soul mm-hmm. Calibur two had the the Hihachi version on PlayStation the Link version on GameCube and then Spawn for for Xbox which is that's wild Spawn is that's awesome yeah. dude yeah I I, at first that. I was like what, what I like Spawn and mm-hmm. I, I was like what the heck is this character 
And then I played him like, all right, they, they, you know, they put work into this character. Mm. Like it was, it was awesome, man. Especially, you know, coming off of the amazing Spawn game on the PS1. <laughs> I never played that one, actually. I never played Ooh. the Spawn game. It wasn't good. Was it PS1 or was it Dreamcast? No, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> oh, you didn't miss anything. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dreamcast was my first console that we actually bought. Like that was my brother really? and I kind of going in together. We're like, okay. And I don't know what it was. Like maybe it's just, I think it was like more powerful. Like I, I, why didn't we just buy? a playstation you know like well, i don't yeah, really understand at that, that. Point, at that point it was that middle ground and that's kind of why the dreamcast failed and besides all the internal strife that was going on at sega but the dreamcast was that sort of middle ground between mm. the you know the ps1 and then the ps2 was was, was on its way mm-hmm. and it was that first console that really really gave you that arcade experience so it was yeah. super powerful for its time but the problem with it was that the saturn was such a failure over here that the dreamcast really got pushed up in timeline Mm -hmm. and because of that by the time the ps2 came out it just looked it was completely outmatched yeah it was you know i'll say i'll say this all the time that when the moment they showed metal gear solid 2 running on that playstation yeah that the dreamcast was dead it (laughs) was over (laughs) it was over the people with the moment you saw that that that, that 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 freighter and you know mm. all the physics stuff and you know it was everybody was like wow i need a playstation 2 i don't care about you know arcade perfect daytona usa or whatever. yeah yeah isn't that amazing too do you think that still that still happens is there still room for those kind of like moments where you go well i don't need anything else like i need a playstation like does that still happen now I don't know. I think it depends. Like, I think yeah. if, if you fall into the camp of, of, of being a fan of one or the other and you, sure. you know, you sort of, you, you pick a horse in the race. I think you have those moments because mm-hmm. you really invested in, in those particular um, titles. For me, I don't know that I expect them anymore. I'm surprised yeah, more by them than anything. Like yeah. if something comes up that really blows me away, then yes, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going into anything sort of hoping for it or expecting it anymore because I don't know. It may, maybe it's just a a sort of byproduct of constantly talking about games and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you're you're kind of you're always in the know about something. Mm-hmm. Nothing is super surprising anymore. Like yep. I, I, at this point, we've been you know podcasting and stuff long enough that sometimes I'm privy to like to like whatever quote unquote insider information or leaks and stuff like that, that, you know, it's just a pure fan. You're probably not privy to if you're not looking for it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the mystique around it has sort of disappeared. Yeah. Um, And I liked, you know, with movies, you know, what's coming down the pipeline forever, right? You know, it's coming. And with games, there's still that mystery and that mystique around it. And, and, I like being surprised. Me too. I like I like the secrecy of uh, of gaming. I mean, I like to if you give me sort of uh, a timeline and a general game plan of what you want to do, cool. But mm-hmm. I like to be surprised individually. I mean, you know, seeing Wolverine, you know, yesterday. That was wild, was man. Wild. I was mm-hmm. like, just seeing Insomniac, period. I was like, what I the know. hell? Like, do they guys do these guys sleep? These and apparently sleep? they don't they don't they don't crunch. Like they're they're I, I'm thinking, I don't know. They're doing okay, man. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that studio is like 500 strong. They have to be, honestly. They have to be. Yeah. They, I don't think they. I don't. I don't know what their numbers are, but like they have to be because yeah. you have to rotate people and out. People have to, you know, take vacations and sleep and eat, and you know what I mean. It's like they're almost the kind of studio that I just. I just have such appreciation for them, and like they're yeah. so consistent that I'm like. Just kind of, can I donate to you guys? Do you have a Patreon or something? Like, know, right? also buy your games, but like, yeah. this is impressive. Like, this it's is super, we want, we think, want more of this. 
have they ever had this cadence before? I don't recall them ever having this sort of release cadence before or, or being well-renowned for sort of... Not quite this high level. You right. know, like, I mean, some people, a lot of people really like, I think, the Resistance games, right? Like, there's definitely some people, I am not necessarily one of those people, <laughs> but... I like, honestly, I played, I played the first one at the launch of the PS3, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was impressive and I enjoyed it. I didn't, I played a little bit of two, never touched three. Yeah. Um, and I always, I thought it was cool. I definitely liked it more than Killzone. I was never a Killzone mm, fan. Um, mm-hmm. I tried. I tried. I actually played all of one. Yeah. And I was like, Halo killer. It's some, well, they had some weird <laughs> kind of controls too, right? Like the just the way that you kind of zoomed in and everything. And I don't know. It had some yeah, I, stuff. I do remember that. That when you would like, you would you would zoom in and like aim down the sights. Thumbsticks. It was like, yeah, it would like it would it was some it would really jump up on you. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember, like it felt like you were really short in Kill Zone. Like you mm-hmm. like run up to somebody else and like, why am I looking at his crotch? <laughs> like. Like tippy toes, buddy. Come on, man. Like, yeah, it was always. I always had a thing because they, you know, they they touted as the Halo killer, and it never even came close, honestly. But um, I mean, but I remember two having a pretty decent story. Um, this, you know, the whole thing about like essentially like the the villains in the game were sort of not necessarily villains. It was a perspective thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget their name now, but um. And then Shadowfall, I got it at the launch of PS4, and I played. I, I thought it was pretty, and I, yep. I thought there was there was something about how like you could approach scenarios differently. Like you could, it was almost like a stealth thing, or where you mm-hmm. could approach combat scenarios a little bit differently. And I thought that was cool, but I don't even recall feeling. I didn't finish it, so yeah. it's just Killzone is a thing for me. Like it, it just never was. But I I would like to see Resist- Resistance come back. I don't you know. think it's ever coming. Well, not from Insomnia. Not, not from Insomnia. Yeah, I think not, they're. I, I think they're know. booked up for the next twelve years or so. <laughs> they're building their. They're building their MCU. You know what I for mean? Real. Which would be actually kind of kind of amazing. It would be. It would be. I, Wolverine is, is just like he's the best. He's the best of them. He's the best he X Men. Like he's just. Did you ever play um, Origins? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. That like, was. This I, is a long I time remember. coming. Yeah, I remember I was sort of done with uh, with licensed games at that point. I remember my brother playing was like, you need to play this game. I'm like, mm-hmm, really? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, you know, the, the movie sucked. I don't want to yeah. play this. He's yeah. like, the movie's just a wrapper for the game, but the game goes really in depth into the character. Mm-hmm. It's gory. Like, it's not, it's yeah. just the title. Like, and I started playing. And I'm like, wow, they really, this is better than it has any right to be. <laughs> Did you ever play the the Deadpool game? It was kind of around the same area, same time. I started playing it. So and funny, it, man. It was more over the top than I cared for at the time. <laughs> I think if I sat down and played it now, I'd appreciate it more. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, I, you go through these these stages, like when you're as a gamer, like, and for me, I'm at the point now. I don't have any time to really game. Like it sucks. I don't have any, but then I'm more willing to try anything now than Mm -hmm. ever before in my life. Cause when I was younger, you're like, this is, this is trash. I'm not playing that. I'm not playing that big games. And and I was very sort of focused on particular genres and whatnot and not unwilling to, to play other stuff. And then now like give me anything. And for me, I don't care what it is. I, to me, it, it has, it has to have some merit. Do you remember like what was like for me, I'll give you an example of this, like in terms of like a game that kind of like opened you up and you made made you realize like, oh, snap, like I actually can enjoy something other than my my typical kind of thing. Like Fallout 3 was one of those games for me yeah. where I'm like, I didn't think I could play these games. I thought they were too hard and too gigantic. I didn't understand it. And Persona yeah. 4 Golden was another one where I'm like, oh, snap, even more <laughs> like, yeah, I'm always curious. Like what what are those moments that open your mind? 
so for me, uh, one one is always um sort of turn based strategy. Yeah, and I I have stories with these guys because back in the day when we would hang out on Saturdays, right? It would usually be Halo, Tekken, or wrestling games, right? Yeah. Or, or yes. Be, or, or we'd be watching like boxing or something like that, or we'd be watching kung fu movies. Or, it, it would always be something different. But mm-hmm. every now and again, every now and again, I'd get to Cog's house. And these guys would be knee deep in XCOM. And oh, I would, yes. I would be so pissed off because I, I had <laughs> yeah. no desire. Like, why are you playing this trash looking <laughs> game? Because they were playing XCOM on the PS1. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and I mean, and they went in, they went so deep in. They, <laughs> all of us, like all of the, the, the characters. Yeah, yeah, he named all of us. <laughs> and, I, and they're like, yo, you need to sit with us. You need, to, you need to plan and strategize with us. I'm like, I don't care. I would just, I would go to the other room and Cog had some like stand-up arcade games. Mm-hmm. So we, we, I would play that or I'd be on like my PSP or whatever. Yeah. There's almost like, nothing I'm- worse than being like that one person. <laughs> you're like, I just... And the fact that you love it so much somehow is making it worse. Like it's a, it's repelling me for away oh from the situation. God. It was so bad. I detested it. But then yeah. again, like I said, I'm at a point in my life where I'm willing to try anything. Yeah. And when I saw Mario Rabbids. Oh, week, there it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. Yep. This, this seems like it is, it's, it's right for me to be able to jump in and it's going to give me the core, the basics of this type of game yep. in a very friendly type of setting. And it, and it, and it pretty much did. And yeah. the thing about it is that it still, it had those core things that people that love XCOM talk about, like Overwatch and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so the strategy of it really attracted me to it. And yep. the funny thing about it is that I, I love, um, whatchamacallit, Final Fantasy Tactics. I love that. Wait, so that was way before XCOM. That was way before, right? But the thing about it is, back then I enjoyed Final Fantasy more. The XCOM stuff, the the sort of Space Marine stuff didn't appeal to me as much. Mm -hmm. And I just, and Tactics to me is a beautiful game. Yeah. XCOM looked horrible. (laughs) So I, it was, I could not relate at all. Yeah. and but after playing Mario Rabbits, I was like, wow, I'm back in. I'm back mm-hmm. in. And I went in, you know, I played like Gears Tactics. Um, I played some of I didn't finish it. I played some of the um what the heck is it? The, the XCOM game that came out for PC not too not too long ago. It was just PC. Um Oh, I don't remember. I only remember XCOM oh, oh, 2. Chimera oh. Squad. Chimera Squad. Oh yeah, that is recent. Which, which mm-hmm. was a little different because they had like different like door breaching mechanics and stuff like that. It was, yeah. it was very cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not like all, all in like, like an addict or a cog. Sure. Sure. I appreciate and like them very much and all, and willing to try them. And and the second one for me is I, I kind of, I've always liked open world games, Mm -hmm. but I always tend to play them, tended to play them a certain way, like Assassin's Creed games. Well, back in the day, they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't open world, but GTA, I didn't really go into it's like exploring the world fully. I would yeah. go do the missions and whatnot. And I would find that if I would deviate and go do something else, like I'd find myself not doing anything. And for whatever reason in GTA, that would bore me. Yeah. When I started playing Red Dead Redemption, though, that just 
it was yeah. one of those things where it's like, I need to explore everything in this world. I don't, I don't know why. I'm the same <laughs> way. Like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm going to like run over here to grab this weed or this whatever flower. Let's just sit. I'm just picking all these plants and stuff. I don't know what the heck it was. Just man. picking plants, just hanging out in the middle of the desert, seeing mm-hmm. what happens, like who tries to rob me and like, yeah. what damsel in distress pops up. And, you know, that game for being as old as it is, the original I'm talking about yeah. is. Oh, original, original, yeah. like Red yeah, Dead. I mean, the original uh, Red Dead Revolver or Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption. No, no, not Revolver. Yeah, I never yeah. played Revolver. I never actually played that one. I played a little bit of Revolver. I mean, it's to- it's a totally different game. I didn't. Yeah. I, I maybe played an hour or two of it back when it came out, but um, yeah, but Redemption was the one that really and I, and I came to it late. That game came out in twenty ten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something and like that. I yeah. I didn't play yeah. it till twenty thirteen. And, and were you on 360 or were you on PS3 back then? I was on 360, yeah. yeah. So Did you have a PlayStation was, as well? Yeah, I definitely had a PlayStation. Yeah. I definitely yeah. had a PlayStation. PlayStation for me, after the PS1, once the Xbox came out, right? Mm-hmm. So so PS2 era, it became it became my exclusive box, right? I, yeah, I, I sort of gravitated as a Sega kid. A lot of Sega kids gravitated to, to the Xbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that became my primary platform, right? All my third-party games were played there, and and PS2 was was my exclusive box. Same yeah. way with you know whatever Nintendo console, like the GameCube, or whatever. I had the GameCube for their exclusives, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's the way it is today. Honestly, I mean, my my PlayStation, it's never been my my platform of choice, the one that I hundred percent go to. Yeah, like even when the PS1 and the PS1, I picked up my PS1 when I was away at college, and. uh but I was only away for a year. And then I came home and I stayed home and I finished school at home. As soon as I got home, my Saturn was at home and I, you know, and the Saturn got as much play as the PS one. As soon as I got back home, I love love that. I love the Sega Saturn. So what about uh, the PlayStation made you pick it up though? Like, cause I'm always interested in like, if you were sort of like playing Nintendo from the beginning, then you're mm -hmm. probably going to get the next one. Like if you were into Sega, you're probably going to get the next one. And like, I don't know. You probably remember too, like that, like there was a lot of wannabe consoles that sort of like popped up every once in a while, like the 3DO. It's like, what the the heck is this? And I remember thinking like, is this just another one of those, another one of those things? And it just sort of took off. So I'm curious, like where, where in the PlayStation's life cycle, were you kind of like a day one, I'll buy whatever video games are out there. Was there a game? Was it a Final Fantasy thing? It wasn't. No, it wasn't a day one. It wasn't a day one, but it was launch window. Okay. Um, oh wow. Okay. Yes, I was away at school um, yeah. in Boston, and so again, a, a broke. I gotta ask you kid. about boarding school as well, man. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I was uh, in Boston, and I was working. At, I had taken a year off going into my, my freshman year of college, um, and I did a, a year of community service. Um, so that you know, because what was that school, about? I just bolstering the rest of the, the sort oh. of application. <laughs> like, you weren't in trouble or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So back Doesn't in the sound day, like something people like voluntarily do. You know, it's like, what, yeah. what did you do? Soft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What did you do? What, what, what did they force you to do? Court ordered. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. So it was one of those things. It was like, well, I didn't so want to responsible. Go. I needed, I, I needed a break after, after boarding school, boarding yeah, school. Yeah. I definitely needed it. Let's um, just dive, let's dive into that. We'll come back to PlayStation. But what, okay. what, why the boarding school? What, were you in trouble before that? Were you trying? No, no boarding school. I was I was a smart boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. So I got a I got a scholarship to a school in Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, called St. Paul's School. It's uh, to 
to this day is one of the most elite prep schools in the country. Wow. It's, it's, a, it's a really good school. Um, I unfortunately did not take advantage of all the opportunities that were presented <laughs> to me because it's, it's, it's so funny. Like going before I got into high school, um, you know, leading up, I, I did, I was in junior high school here in here in the city. So I did my freshman year here, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So, but up, up until that point, I was the epitome of nerd. Like I was just a, you know, overweight, chubby kid, you know, yeah. Coke bottle glasses, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever I, you know, and I you, you get bullied or whatnot, but I sure. learned, I learned how to defend myself, you know, mm-hmm. especially, you know, with, with people like Cog and whatnot around me or whatever. And then I was fairly decent at sports. So that yeah. saved me a little bit from some, you know, some ridicule and a couple of beatings probably. Mm-hmm. But um, going into that ninth grade year, I, you know, I had a summer job. I was working on my dad's. So I was making money. I was stretching mm-hmm. out a little bit. I got contact lenses. All of a sudden, I, you, 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 I'm starting to grow into my body a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, girls are starting to look at me a little bit differently. Okay. And I had no idea how to cope with it at sure. all. Yeah. Who does? I, I not, no idea whatsoever. So mm-hmm. any sort of Was your dad good looking? Like, was there any precursor to this? Like, did you know that, like, could you have known that, like, you were just, like, morph out of this, this, this metamorphosis? You, when you're, you know, when you're a kid, everything You just think is, you're just, it's forever. It, it's forever, yeah. Everything yeah. is, everything is the worst thing ever. There's what no- What about brothers? Do you have brothers or anything like that? Yeah, I have a, I have a younger brother. Yeah. And a younger sister. I'm Oh, crap. You don't have nobody yeah. else? <laughs> yeah. So you're I'm just discovering one. everything on your I, own. Exactly. Man. I'm the guinea pig mm-hmm. for everything, mm-hmm. right? And, um, so- so, yeah, I'm going through that. And uh, so, again, I don't know how to deal with it. And like all the good habits that I well, th- let me be honest. I didn't have very many good study habits because sure. the the educational part kind of came easily to me. Yeah. yeah. So and so I, you know, everything I didn't study hard or whatever. And I got good grades. Yeah. Same. So the problem with that was so going into that, that was a problem going into boarding school. Because boarding school, all of a sudden now, you're the dumbest person in the class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're around people that are literal geniuses and or people that, you know, come from, you know, very old money and uh, have been in the boarding school sort of system since elementary school. Yeah. So they're, this is old hat to them. So um, I get into the school. Uh, my parents are, you know, super proud. I, I, I'm excited for the experience because at that point in time, now it's different. It's a little more regulated and they, they watch over kids more. But back then it was literally a college experience mm. way before you were mature enough to, wow. to have that much responsibility. And for me, I definitely wasn't mature enough to sort of handle everything that was thrown at me. So what happened was I go to the school, the, my first month there, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm studying super hard. I realize that I have to, I have to study much more than I ever have before just to Mm -hmm. even stay on level with a lot of these kids. And then once I got comfortable there, that all went to the wayside. It was a lot of hanging out. Like I said, I, you know, I was a little bit full of myself because all of a sudden now I was attractive. I was attractive to females and I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to balance it. And I didn't have my parents there to tell me, no, like turn the TV off. No, you're not going out. No, you're not doing this. You're going to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. It was up to me. And yeah. I made a lot of bad decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I, I managed to graduate. Um, managed to graduate. I, I, kind of by the skin of my teeth, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of, uh, so I did that. And 
then I went, I need, like I said, I needed the break and I went home mm-hmm. for, for a year and I said, okay, what can I do to sort of bolster uh, my, uh, my applications once I do start applying to colleges? Mm. A year of community service always looks amazing. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. College application. I mean, that's, I mean, you say like you made bad decisions. I somehow think that like maybe they, maybe just in the realm of boarding school, they were maybe bad decisions. But like ultimately, like you're, I don't know, you're pretty straight and narrow. Like you're pretty, yeah, you, I mean, you, know, I, you had a path. Maybe like, did you have like an idea or a goal or a vision, or did your parents have something in mind for like where you were headed? No, not not. When I was younger, I enjoyed things like like drawing and stuff like yeah. that. Um, you know, I was pretty good at math. So, mm-hmm. but there was nothing. And I was I, I, honestly, I was a pretty decent baseball player. So okay, you know, I, I had that sort of dream. But again, it was one of those things that it, you. It's stuff you sort of just talk about, but yeah, I don't think I ever. There's one thing about myself that I'll say is like I, I've never been that person that from the very beginning I know what I want. Yeah, I'm gonna get this. It was never that, and that's always been a little bit frustrating to me mm-hmm. because I'm the lot, same way. Yeah, so many people just I know this is what I want. This is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about, and they set a goal for themselves. And sure. you know, there's a path for me. Once, you know, you get to a certain age and the baseball dream goes or whatever the yeah. case may be, then all of a sudden now it's just like, okay, what am I passionate about that I really care to sort of focus my time and effort on becoming good at or becoming proficient at? Mm-hmm. And it, that sort of never really, it, it never really panned out in that way. Like, yeah, I, I kind of said, you know what? For me, my passions, things I enjoy, gaming and whatnot, you know, uh, like the sports aspect of stuff, you know, baseball and whatnot, things like that. Like, I'm fine getting that enjoyment from my hobbies mm-hmm. and not necessarily that type that fulfillment career wise sure. for me. So what, what I wound up, you know, doing is I, I work like I work and, you know, engineering and maintenance and stuff like that. So just dealing with like all kinds of like building stuff and what what have you. And that's I've done well in that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like I I conceded that I don't mind working in something that doesn't necessarily fill, you know, fulfill, fulfill anything in me passion wise. Sure. Yeah. And but it does allow me to pursue those things on the side in a mm-hmm. way that uh in a way that kind of keeps it from becoming work right and and the thing because oftentimes a lot of people that i know that are passionate about something and try to make it their job once you make it your job the passion sort of goes because and then what do you do exactly yeah you sort of spoiled that have have Um, a total crisis man (laughs) just like damn it i ruined it yeah so for me you know this is probably at this point now 10 15 years ago why i decided like a look I'm good with just, mm-hmm. I'm going to work, I'm going to work hard. And that's going to allow me to do the other things that I, that I like to do. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that I, you know, that I'm not working in my dream, quote unquote, dream job, because <laughs> I've never had that, you know, the moment the baseball dream went, I'm like, okay, that's it. it like, <laughs> isn't that an amazing thing that happens when like you get a certain age, you're like, oh snap, I'm many yeah. year or even a couple of years older than like the, these rookies that are coming into the league. I know. Like, it just keeps happening and they 
stay the same age and you're just yeah, like oh my like, god i'm double the age of some of these kids it's man. crazy i mean just to see just to see like Derek jeter get you know get you know put into the hall of fame the other day and Isn't it's like wild? wow yeah man and i'm like i remember this this kid coming out mm-hmm. and playing so it, it, it's it's crazy but so for me yeah that you know in terms of college and stuff like that and i, and I went and i you know i came back and I was home and I, I focused and I finished all that. I did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it just was never something that that sort of I could figure out in terms of like, I'm going to do this and this is where my life is going to take me after that. So, But there's something to be said about that. Like that's there's some sort of like is, you're open minded, you're easygoing, I think, too. Like maybe that's part of it. And, you know, because there's a pressure. I, I like, how you, put I like how you frame that. I Definitely. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, no, I don't know. Like there's everybody. I don't like thinking that there has to be like one way, you know, to to live. Obviously, there's more than no. one way to live a life and to find a path and everything. And, and if there's if there's one thing that I that I've found just with the podcasting stuff and, and to see you know the success that we've had and Big the time. success that, that cog has had and stuff like that is that there it really isn't there are a number of different ways to sort of get to where you want to be you know how many kids went into journalism school because they wanted like the greg miller path you exactly know? like they just exactly. like i guess that's how what i gotta do and it's yeah. like could be further from journalism could, now it, you exactly know? yeah and, and that's the thing like you know he has that he has that sort of base and it, and it got mm-hmm. him there but yeah. yeah it's one way it's just one way but. it definitely is one way and but mm-hmm. yeah the, the way the world works now you know youtube and everything else like that yeah. like you could just go out there and you can you can literally work for yourself from day one yeah and and then you know depending on your willingness to sacrifice, you know, time and whatnot and really, and and discover, really work at it. And yeah. learn. And that's kind of why I was I was I was asking about like what um if you have bro- older brothers or sisters or anything like yeah. that, because like there's there is something to be like the the person to pave the path, you know, to pave the way into trailblazes really hard to do like to discover yeah. like something new and on your own. Like you do have to be pretty courageous. You have to be willing to mess up and make mistakes and yeah. like so there it's not all in vain i don't think you know oh not not at all but for me I, for me i think the maturity of it came much later if you have I, a you have a self-reflection to yourself though like there's a learning throughout the oh, whole thing 100 percent. like i yeah. you know again it, you get to a certain point in your life when you're like okay i really have to step back for a second mm. and see and think about what i've done what i haven't done and you know you hear people often say like no regrets, no regrets. Yeah. That's a, that's a difficult thing because there are certain points in your life that you just can't go back to and make certain decisions. Again, Mm -hmm. you you can have other opportunities that sort of give you that maybe put you on a similar path. Sure. But there are, you know, if I had made certain decisions in my past, my future would, you know, in my present and my future would probably look considerably different. Big time. And, you know, I just back then, if you gave me the opportunity to do it again, I would just be more studious. I would be like, hey, I I don't need to go to this umpteenth party or whatever the case may be. I But for what reason? Like, I guess that's like maybe, yeah, like each decision, maybe there was a better one to be made. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I feel like where you end up kind of like what you're saying, like is a culmination yeah. of all the decisions. So I, that's maybe where the no regrets kind of comes from. Like, well, yeah, there might've been technically better, more sound decisions that could have been made along the way, but you, you landed on your feet, you know, you ended up in yeah. a pretty good spot and, you know, 
Um, so, so say, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's a, it's a butterfly effect. It's the Ashton Kutcher movie that we all watch, you know, the, the famous no, sure. Ashton Kutcher movie. I, I will tell you this, uh, the things that I've been through in my life, whether they were self-imposed or not, mm. um, have definitely made me the person that I am today. And the yeah. person that I am today is considerably more humble than the person I could have been. Yeah. And yes. I, I see that yes. very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it, it's given me an understanding of what my parents went through, mm-hmm. particularly my dad. You know, my dad, you know, grew up very poor in Puerto Rico and came mm-hmm. here and is and it, you know started his family and and just worked and just yeah. worked. And he's you know, and I look at him now. He he retired a couple of years ago, and but he retired because you know he had Parkinson's and it was starting to really affect him. So yeah, you know he he, he would have kept worked, working. He would have kept working a hundred percent. And you know it, it it breaks my heart a little bit because he's like. Not a little bit, a lot. Just the fact that he worked his entire life and he can't really enjoy his his retirement because he's in pain all the time. Mm-hmm. So those are things that if I had taken a different path and not stumbled in the way that I had that I have in my life, I probably wouldn't be nearly as appreciative of and and, yeah. and, and nearly as reflective on as I am today. So definitely. Yeah. You know, again. I get I get when people say no regrets because, you know, everything good and bad that you do and, and it happens to you is is what makes up who you are today. Sure. Um, but again, like, like I think like it's just anything. how much you weigh on it. How much does it weigh on you? Like, right. You can precisely not have or maybe you can have regrets, but it doesn't like cripple yeah. you on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's for sure. And I, I was, and that, I, I was that's curious definitely about, something. Yeah, I was curious about where the work ethic came from. And I think you just gave me a little piece of that. Is, mm-hmm. is your dad just kind of like where did the you know you had a path you seem to mm-hmm. like know right from wrong in terms of good decisions versus bad decisions like right. where does that come from like is that a lot is is, is your a lot from your mom as well like what were your parents kind of like growing up so growing up my dad was super strict my dad yeah. was the disciplinarian mm-hmm. and he was not very good at sort of expressing expressing emotion mm-hmm. um he was just he was that figure like it was one of those things like if you did something bad my mom would be like wait your dad gets home Mm -hmm. and so dad was always he was always that um growing up i didn't really see him soften up until you know he put me in in little league and baseball and then we had more there was a a bond that happened there where you know he was still the disciplinarian or whatnot but i got to see another side of him because Mm -hmm. he i could see him sort of investing his time in me and it it was just different than you know i you know i go to school in the morning dad goes to work i don't see him till the evening yeah comes home if i was bad i'm gonna get bad dad (laughs) if i I was good he's gonna be like how was your day whatever but there was there wasn't there wasn't that closeness until until there's no time for it there isn't there isn't yeah there isn't and if if and if you're not a person who's naturally that way mm-hmm. be, and, and in his case it's because of how he he grew up you know when you're young you don't see that right yeah. you just kind right. of like hey why are you this way um i didn't see a lot of that until we a little bit older and even after baseball even after baseball it was still again i was still very young so in in my dad's mind it was still that that divide where it's like you're not an adult yet. I'm going to give you a little more leeway, but I'm still Mm going to be, you know, fairly strict. Um, And so it was one of those things where it wasn't until like I hit my my twenties that our relationship sort of evolved. And he saw me as, and you're an adult, I can talk Mm -hmm. to you a certain way. And it was, 
all of a sudden now my dad was more like my friend. Yeah. Um, so, but, but the job but, is never done, right? Like that's the, that's oh, the no. hardest thing. And it's really difficult to communicate that, you know, like you're trying to send a message, but you can't say what the message is like a magician showing <laughs> his tricks kind of thing. Like you can't really, but I don't know. Like, do you have kids, Sov? No, no, you unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. No. How And how long have you guys been married now? Uh, we're going on, what? We're going on seven, eight years. I should have warned you about maybe a question like that. Z. No, no, it's fine. No, <laughs> Precisely no, it's seven fine. years. <laughs> I know exactly how long. <laughs> it, it'll, be eight, it'll be eight years in November. Oh, get November. out of here. You and I are yeah. very similar on that front, actually. Yeah. Chelsea and I have been married for seven years as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it's been something that we uh, we didn't anticipate. You never anticipate to have issues with. Mm. Uh, and then you're sort of ignorant to the process when you, you think oh, oh it's gonna definitely happens you've been happen. warned your whole life don't touch anybody you'll get them pregnant you know what i mean just don't breathe on anybody <laughs> exactly just six then, feet apart everybody keep your mask on we've been hearing and, that for 20 years right. and then you pass a certain age and then it's yeah. like no it's, it's not and then so the thing was again when you're ignorant to that sort of stuff and you don't mm. realize it you tend to not seek help you tend to wait too long to seek help Sure. And for yeah. us, it's it's been difficult. So, um, yeah. So we're sort of now, sort of in the processes of of, of doing what we need to do to be able to adopt. Oh wow! Um, okay. So yeah. that's that's our plan. But yeah, I, I I definitely I would I would love to be a dad. I'm gonna yeah. be an old dad. You, no, no, no. I don't I don't know about that. But you know, it's funny because Cog was on too, and like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just all you guys. Like, you're very. Maybe it's the brotherly love that you guys all have that's going on. You're all very – you have, like, the, the edge to you, but you're also all very caring as well. And I was actually surprised mm-hmm. to hear that, that that Cog isn't married and doesn't have kids and everything. It's like, yeah. what are you talking about? You guys you, – you'd be an absolute – Sav, you'd be a natural at it, man. Like, you're, you're very – I hope so. You are very reflective. You're very you have a, you have a, you have a heart, man. Like, it's – I think that, that says a lot. So, yeah. yeah I, it, 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 it takes – again – had I not gone through the things I, I, I've been through in my life, I would be a different person. And I, mm-hmm. so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the humility to, to you know, the falling flat on my face and, 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 and kind of looking in the mirror and, and being able to, because some people can't do it. Some people can't yeah. look in the mirror and be like, and be totally honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a couple of times in my life that I had to be like, listen, man, you, you know, stop fooling yourself. This is what you're doing. This is what you need to do to change yeah and it's not going to be easy but it is a matter of just doing it Mm -hmm. um and you know for whatever reason sometimes people are just can't be that honest with themselves how how much did your friends help or hurt you on that path that conversation with yourself i've had i've I've, I've struggled with that i haven't always had like the best people around me to go like this is what you should do maybe not drinking like multiple times per week is something that you could do like forever you know this 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 moment that i had where i'm like my dad doesn't drink all the time like at a certain point (laughs) he changed you know (laughs) i think i'm kind of lucky for that so there's an example that was set there um I think if I had confided in them more, the a lot of things would have been easier. Um, mm. I'm the type of person who internalizes a lot of that stuff because yeah. I don't want to burden people. Oh, my God. We are so similar <laughs> on this, man. This is why I wanted to chat with you so much. We're totally similar on that. I totally get that. Yeah. So, it, it, so I've learned to be better about it, especially yeah, now. Same. Like, again you see the camaraderie between us on the show mm-hmm. but again that it, that is an evolution also because we weren't obviously in our 20s we weren't that sort of sympathetic and we weren't sure. sort of you know so it took a growing process from all of us and again the the funny thing is that before the podcast started 
we weren't seeing each other that much because again, everybody's yeah. an adult. Everybody has their own lives. We didn't have that setting anymore. Where we were hanging out every weekend and stuff like that. So everybody was sort of in their own space. Yeah. So, you know, when Cog brought King and I uh, onto the show, it was like, oh, wow, we're going to have this again. That's and it's awesome. Like, <laughs> and it just, it just, it just started to flow from there. Yeah. So, those relationships were sort of reforged in a so way special. When, when we started mm-hmm. and it, we just sort of kind of got back to where we were. So the, 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 the respect and the love was always there. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of in hibernation a little bit. And, but, then, and you guys were all kind of figuring out your own path kind of the whole time. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Where, was, was anybody kind of like pulling you away from like the right path, the, the righteous path, the, the, the good decisions? Was there like, a, was there a bad, no, egg? was there a bad it, influence on any of that? Not at all. Not at yeah. all. Cause if I think King, King would be the, one that says like I, I don't make the best decisions or whatever the case may be but he he would always say he'd say something like just don't do what i do and you'll be fine <laughs> and you'll be fine so like it, it'd be one of those things um i never honestly we're here because of the fact that the the environment that that you know that that the cog allowed and cog's mother allowed and and we're here because that environment was safe yeah. And it was it was inviting and it was, yeah. uh, you know, and, it, and again, we talk about all the smack talking that we do or whatever. And that's, you know, stuff that kids do. Mm-hmm. But, for the, but everyone that was in that group was what was welcome. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and this speaks uh, obviously, obviously to, to Cog's mom allowing that to happen mm-hmm. in her home or whatnot. All these kids in her in her house every weekend. But it's you imagine like now as a grown up, you just like all these kids just like running around up at all hours of the night, just being obnoxious. My mother was not that was not going to happen. My mother, my mother, (laughs) mother was like, okay, every now and again, you guys like if if there's a fight, you guys want to watch a boxing match, cool or wrestling, cool. Beyond that, you're not going to be in my house every week. (laughs) It wasn't going to happen. So you know, clear about it. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for Mama Cog. Mm-hmm. Um, but it speaks a lot to to Cog's personality as well. Cog yeah. is Cog has always had like a gravity to him, and he's always been the person that like people sort of when they have issues or whatnot they gravitate to him because he 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 he's always going to listen. Mm-hmm. He's he's always going to have good advice, and he's always. He's going to tell you if, if you're messing up, he's going to tell you what you need to hear. <laughs> he, he, what you, and that is so poignant because mm-hmm. that is him. He's going to tell you what you need to hear. He's not going to he's not going to sugarcoat it one bit. And if he, you just need an, a, a kind ear, he'll yeah. be that as well. Yeah. So and that was important to a lot of kids like they, a lot of the, the people that were in our group, in our circle came from bad family situations and yeah. whatever but they had that haven there they could go there and play games or whatever and and it was again it was safe it, it was safe and it it kept us away from a lot of stuff like growing up in the in the bronx in you know the the late 80s and and you know early to mid 90s was tough rough. Uh, yeah it was very rough because the you know the stakes on the street were, were very, very high. The guys mm-hmm. that were, you know, that were, you know, drug dealers, whatever the case may be in the street at that time. These are guys that were like pretty heavily connected. Like, yeah. So the stakes on the street were, were high. Like there was a lot of money at stake in it, which means that that crime was super high. And so, so when you talk about like some of the decisions you made or maybe could have made, is that kind right. of what you're talking about? Like, were you brushing up against that? Like, could you have ended up in that world or were you just sort of in the same like vicinity and that oh, was I, I was in the vicinity of it. 
I don't know that I could have necessarily wound up because my parents were like pretty strict. My parents yeah. were they're not they were not the type of parents that they would let you sort of hang out on the stoop and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, if you go out, you go out with us. Yeah. So out of act, out of an act of rebellion, could I have gone that route? Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like what I was capable of doing on a day to day basis, they had a pretty good, uh, uh, you know, a tight grip on us. <laughs> Speaking of high stakes, man, that's high stakes parenting, you know, like yeah. just, the, yeah, for all the things that, that could happen, even in, in any environment, things yeah. could happen. And yeah, for it to be that kind of close, you know, and that's probably the thing that as much as we kind of joke and laugh about, I, w- I would never want to have all these kids run around in my house. <laughs> if you know what else they could be doing. It could be the most gratifying thing that you could possibly do in your life is just like open your home and just like be safe here. You know, I was listening to um, who was on the show recently talking about going to the comic book store. Um, The guy would just let him come on in. Oh, that was um, Tony Polanco. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Just like just go on in. And it's like, dude, that's awesome. Like that that person, I feel I feel like they knew what they were doing. You know what? It was more than just. I don't know what to do with this kid. So I guess he can stay here. I feel like, you know, there was a haven. There's a safe haven that was being provided. And there's something, there's something to be said about that for sure. Absolutely. And I think for, it's weird because I I don't think Cog's mom realized it until much later, until he really like, he really told her like, you, you facilitated this, Mm. you know, maybe in your mind, you were just like, you know what? Because Cog has always been the great negotiator. He is very good at negotiating because there were plenty, there were plenty of times that, you know, we were super loud. Yeah. And his mother would come up like halfway up the stairs. Yeah. That's why you don't need to go the whole way. (laughs) And just call his name and he'd get up and be like, I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> so you knew there was some kind of negotiation that had to go on. He he'd come back and be like, you know, everything's cool, but we gotta we gotta keep it a little down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Stop yelling or whatever. Stop cursing because we, we I know we'd be cursing. It's the cursing, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so his I I remember that, that his argument was always, hey, you know where I am at all times. I am yeah. here. I'm playing games with my friends. I am nowhere else. Nine times out of 10, you know exactly where I am. I'm not mm-hmm. out there doing anything. And that was always the argument. And, and little, little does he know, that's exactly what a parent wants to hear. Exactly. Like that, you couldn't have a, like a more honed in argument for getting whatever the hell you want. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just want to know he's safe. I just, I just want to know, know he's he safe. And you know what? I'll, I'll take whatever noise, whatever comes along with him. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. here and he's amongst his friends. Yeah. And, and, and again, that was, that, that was it. And, and, I don't think you in the moment she really realized that she was saving a lot of lives, yeah, you know, man. Yeah. you know, because there were others in our group that were really from bad situations and, yeah. uh, you know, but they were there. They were there instead of being someplace else. Was that sort of where that I don't know what the, if it's acceptance or what it is, just like you just mm. sort of had a, a bunch of people from all over the place, different attitudes, different backgrounds, different whatever. Because like that is coming through big time. I think it was Zocker actually. Is it pronounced right. um, Zocker? Who, yeah. yeah, that's because I was listening to you guys a little bit earlier. I was it Zocker who was doing the comic thing? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay it was Zocker, not Tony. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. It's just it's just wild though. Um, yeah, is that where is that where so like you have all these different people all walks of different um, different walks of life all kind of hanging out in the same kind of group because that it it's so rare. It's you hear people talk about. I want to. It's actually hard to do. Like, I want to hear from different people. I want to hear different points of view. And then mm-hmm. you hear a different point of view. You're like, Ooh, I don't like that. And you kind of close up to it. And you you don't do that. Like, you really do. You actually do want to hear it. And almost in the face of, like, what what is anybody going to do or say about it? 
You yeah. know, like you guys, it's actually drive. Oddly enough, it's actually I think driving a lot of the success that you're that you're having because people are looking for that space. Oddly yeah. enough, they're looking for that space where anybody is welcome and that you're willing to hear each other out. You might disagree about certain things, and I'm just like. I don't know. I've discovered through listening to, to certain podcasts that mm-hmm. most people would just like just absolutely hate. And I don't listen to those podcasts anymore. But I've discovered new people who I think right. are amazing because then I never would have discovered these other new amazing people if I wasn't listening to stuff that other people deemed like I shouldn't be listening to that. You know, yeah. there's something very gratifying, I think, about just being open to that. And I love that you guys are just walking the walk on that, man. Oh, we have to. Uh, for us, it, it from the very beginning was very important. Um, you know, we, we had certain people on at the, you know, in the early days of the show that immediately we would get DMs about, uh, you mm-hmm. know, hey, man, you guys, you don't want to have this person on. Yeah. You're going to start being perceived a certain way. And we're like, mm-hmm. look, we're going to talk to who we want to talk to. A, yeah. if you feel a way about it, Hey, don't watch this show. We'll see you the following week. Mm-hmm. And if it's, you know, if you feel so strongly about it that you feel you can't follow us anymore, where, well, well, thank you for the support. You know, we're disappointed that you feel that way, but what can we do? Yeah. Um, and, and that's always sort of been our stance. That and wasn't fun- even like a conscious decision or anything. Like, was that just sort of just natural the way that you guys just feel about people? Really? About people? Yeah. Because the yeah. thing is, like, you know, I'm not going to judge anyone based on hearsay. Yeah. Or or even stuff that I see online that could be taken out of context or mm-hmm. whatever, unless I do thorough research and there's like, a, a, you know, blatantly egregious stuff that you look sure. at and like, all right. Yeah. And even then, even then, I'd want to have the conversation with you about, hey, man, why do you feel this way? Yeah. Just just to get perspective. Um, I think. When, you, when we start talking about the, like journalism and stuff like that in the gaming space and and sort of, the, you know, whatever, the, the cancel culture stuff and sort of trying to the othering, the othering mm-hmm. of certain people that have different opinions. I just think it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I, I think at the core of journalism is curiosity. Um, yeah. And there's always the other side of it, too. Right. So for right. anybody, there, there's going to be different camps and for people who, you know, who like jason schreier for example mm-hmm. there's going to be a camp of people who really don't like jason schreier so how do you even determine like who the right side is like i just don't think that that's even really a thing you no. know so you might have you might have somebody like colin who mm-hmm. probably has fans who don't like jason schreier and you get you just have both of those people on yeah and like that is that is awesome to me yeah, and i i would love to have I would love to be able to broker a meeting between those two both of them and, and, and yeah. see and see what happens because it's one of those things. That you know what's to... scary? Yes. Yeah. And it would be fine. I think it would it actually be. be fine. It should you know? be fine. It, it should totally be fine. would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't, there's no, in my heart, in my mind, there's no scenario where it shouldn't be fine. They could, yeah. and at the end of it, they can agree to disagree. Yeah. And they could not like each other, but you can have discourse. Mm-hmm. You can have discourse. It, what bothers me most is this unwillingness to have discourse. I'm so hungry for it, to be honest with you, just because it's, for sure. it's like, it, as a content creator, honestly, it's kind of easy at this point because it's like, if anybody is looking to differentiate at all and, yeah. be, and be unique and, and, ha- and, and produce content or conversations that nobody else is having, yeah. put people together that don't disagree because like, that sure as hell isn't happening. Exactly. People are making sure of it, you know? Exactly. And then what you start having is so, this sort of echo chamber of like, 
of, of just thinking and everybody sort of has these thoughts that are kind of along the same lines mm-hmm. and there's just there's no interest even when it comes to like just stupid like gaming stuff like yeah even those sort of opinions sort of fall in line with one another in a way that kind of gets boring after a while. And it and, also, I think it also helps to kind of just put everything else in perspective. Like yeah. if you're able to tackle some of those uncomfortable spots then everything yeah. else kind of becomes easier, it yeah. becomes less of a big deal. And all of a sudden, I don't know, life becomes less stressful. You're not worried yeah. about so many things because you're able to just have some of those tougher conversations, be uncomfortable. Yeah. So the other things that were been, making you uncomfortable actually are not not nearly as big a deal anymore not at all i think what works for us as well is that we tackle those those sort of difficult conversations removed from the context of politics yeah um because again i'm personally not a person that sort of gravitates much to to politics because for me personally i just feel like politics is sort of the it, it we project societal issues into politics yeah and then it becomes something that it's that it's not yeah a lot um, of us versus them it's camps you exactly know. when mm-hmm. a lot of the times when you when you boil the issues down to 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 issues in society yeah. i.e how human beings choose to treat one another mm-hmm. those are the core problems right yeah and when you start sort of projecting that onto you know this political ideology this other political ideology i think you know the 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 talking heads that are that are you know, going back and forth sort of become the focus of it yeah. and not the problem, right? So I, we're very good at at tackling sort of core issues removed from the politics. Well, and, you give space for it as well. Yeah, like you're 100%. not looking for sound bites or anything too. Like, where did the who decided that the show should be four hours long? off no nobody decides that it just it just, it just goes it just goes it and really none does. of us and and no one has ever said no and like we've never had a meeting where someone has said hey we have to make a concerted effort to make this show two hours yeah no one's ever yeah. said that yeah because the the flow is the flow is pure listen sometimes it's so special my wife will come out and she'll be like really like really because yeah. mm-hmm. it's so funny because i've know, been there too that. yeah <laughs> Because you really? had that thing, like, you know, that stereotype where, like, women just love to gossip and talk, right? And mm-hmm. then my wife looks and turns to me, and she's like, I've never seen four men sitting down <laughs> gossiping about video games. Yeah, man. Four <laughs> hours. And I'm just what, what can I say? <laughs> you dedicate like a half of your weekend to it. You know what I mean? Like it's either the, some people do football all day Sunday and some people, you know, some maybe you do, do both at the same yeah. time. No, yeah, it's coming back. I've fallen off in football. Like I used to follow everything. And yeah. now for me, I, I, I just focus on the, my one love. So Where's your time gone? Where's all your time going, man? I mean, what you, how, Monday, how many hours you work in, dude? So Monday through Friday, it's easily anywhere from 15 to 18 hours a day depending that's the whole day what are you talking about yeah yeah so monday through friday is really really nuts and then saturdays is usually our day so whatever it is that we want to do that day yeah we we try to but a lot of times again you know if there's life stuff gets in the way that's just all the time (laughs) i'm sorry i'm going back to this 15 16 hours a day all the time yeah 52 weeks in a year Mm -hmm. just yeah what? And again, Why? Oh my gosh! Well, well for, like I said, it, you know, are you okay? No, no, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's so many hours. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, it, listen, they look at me. They, they, King, the, the entire crew just looks at me like you're crazy. You're crazy. You are crazy. Yeah. 
Especially um, for somebody who's not very passionate about it. So, <laughs> But it's one of those things like, you know, again, like I said, I, I made the decision not to sort of continue to pursue like academia or whatever. And, and yeah. so, you know, just I work, retire at 50. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, so I just I work hard in other ways. Right. I, I, I would much Good rather I could deal a lot easier with, you know, my body being tired as opposed to my mind being tired. Yeah. And, and sort of being emotionally sort of stressed out. My job doesn't emotionally stress me out. Oh, that's so, okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you see me, like when you see me smiling, I'm good. I really am. I'm yeah. good. I'm smiling. And that's what sort of kept me from sort of being affected by a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that work is work. When I'm done with it, I leave it there. Yeah. I'm there a lot. Yeah. But I do, I do leave it there. Yeah. You um, earn that. Yeah. So, uh, and then. So the, the the little time that I do have apart to myself, it, it is dedicated to that, whether it's to the podcast or to my wife or whatever the case may be. It is that. And I'm, you know, and I'm a big proponent of R&R. Like, I'm mm-hmm. probably the one that, that misses the show most. <laughs> yeah. Because if I'm, you know, if I have some time off and I need to go, you know, sit under a palm tree somewhere, I'm going to go do it. Oh, because yeah. It's super important like mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it is that thing where it's like, I know, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm burning the candle. At That's both. a lot. That, how long <laughs> you been doing? How long you been at that? Um, on and on and off 15 years. You've got to be. So there's not, there's not even like an end in sight. Like this is just life. This yeah, is- it, it's life. But again, I'm grateful. I can have the things that I need and want um, without too much stress. Right. Yeah. And, good on and on top know. of that, you know, um, Again, my wife and I, we had we had certain plans that sort of got changed around. So when we couldn't when we couldn't conceive, then we started, you know, again, all these different processes that you have, like, you know, fertilization stuff and whatnot. And that is super expensive. So uh, everything that I had set aside for like a home and stuff like that went into that. Wow. So then, you know, afterwards, it's like once we made the decision to move forward and like look into adoption and stuff like that, it you would think, you know, some people think that it's like it's free, like where you go through the process and it's free or whatnot. You file your and that, papers and then right, wait for a kid and, to show up. And wait for a kid to show up. And it, there is a process that is sort of like that. Yeah. But if you like if, if you just you have your sights set on either like a small child, an infant or whatever the case may be, then the process is different. And you probably mm. should go through a private agency. And then that there are costs associated with all of that. So it's like. Mm there's always something else on the horizon that you sort of have to prepare for. So, yeah, again, I don't the, mind. The process it. itself is almost like a weeding out sort of mechanism, you know, oh, like, for sure. who wants this? Cause you kind of have to really want it. You really, you, know? you have to work towards it. You mm-hmm. do, you know, and, you know, and in our case, that that's just what the case is. And yeah. for me, I do it gladly. I, yeah. I do it super gladly. And, it, and for me, I'd rather be the one that sort of sort of busts this hump in that regard and, mm-hmm. and have her sort of, you know, have her because when there was a while where I wasn't doing the the, the two jobs and yeah. she was, you mm-hmm. know, and I didn't want her doing that because I'm like, you know, she came she came when we got married. She came over from Puerto Rico. And she left everything that she had over there. Yeah. And, you know, my wife is a you know, she's a licensed psychologist. Um and in Puerto Rico, just because of the way the economy works or whatever, you know, with that level of education, she was still working like three or four jobs. Like literally at one point, she had like four jobs. Wow. <laughs> and not not earning a fraction of what she's making here now. 
Yeah. So it, it was one of those things where I'm like, no, like I, when you get here, you find what you want to do. You find what you're passionate about. Do that. And don't worry about extraneous stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. Yeah. So, See, this is what I mean, man. There's so many different paths. There's so many different ways to yeah, go about this. For sure. Holy cow. And going back to the upbringing, that, that was definitely like, you know, that's my dad. That's yeah. my dad. Apple that's doesn't fall far from the tree, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. you don't, you don't realize it until you're older. I know. It's funny because you look at the mirror one day, it's like, yeah, oh, my son of a dad. bitch. <laughs> like, I'm my dad. I can't believe it. Yeah. All the you see that I with swore. a smile on your face. Like, it's not like it's, it, it, oh, no. I, you know, I, learned to, I think you seem to be proud of that. I learned to appreciate him a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. And my mom as well. Um, because again, I, the, growing up because of how stern he sort of was, mm-hmm. I had a resentment towards him because I didn't understand it. And my yep. mom would constantly reinforce me. She's like, you have to understand when you're older, you'll understand because you'll be able to understand his story more. A lot of times he yeah. tells you, he'll tell you a story now when you're young and you know, you have a short attention span. You don't care. Mm-hmm. Wait and yeah. wait. And trust me, you will understand and care. And you know, exactly the way it happened because you know we're, i don't know i was 27 years old 30 years old whatever the case may be and the story comes up again and that it, whatever the case may be you sit down and in that moment you're willing to listen full tilt yeah you know full, full attention and he grew up with uh he, an aunt that raised him and my aunt and my two aunts mm-hmm. and this aunt literally poisoned them against their mother so he grew up with resentment for his mother for years for years Mm -hmm. based on lies and in this household she was super strict with them she was super she took care of them yeah but there was nothing loving about the environment sure so so he understood he understood sort of familial familial like sort of dedication Mm-hmm. But there, there just wasn't any nurturing that went along with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he, it, it was just hard for him to sort of express that. Mm-hmm. And um, as he got older, he softened. And then when uh, you know he, my sister has three kids, so the moment the grandkids come into the picture, it's all of a sudden. Ah, oh, and he there just, it is. It, it's like a light switch. Yeah, it's a light switch. And if you look at my dad today. I mean, he's just, he's it's night and day from when yeah. I was growing up. He's a totally different person. He's so like he gets emotional at things. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, where was this? When I was yeah. <laughs> well, do you think that like that coming in later in life for you has sort of like adjusted you as well? Like, you know, that it sort of has broken the chain, it would seem where if, if oh, like sure. every upbringing is a parent being the disciplinarian. Like if it's always so strict, then that 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 pattern will continue. But maybe for you now that's broken a little bit. It definitely is. It definitely is. I think it just depends on how, because despite the fact that he was a disciplinarian, there was definitely love in, in, in the house. Like he, yeah. he loved this. He was loving in his own way. Like he, 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 you know, he would unexpectedly come and like hug you or so sometimes, you know, yeah. or, or when it came to the baseball stuff and it, we had that, that closer bond, like when I did well in a game, like he'd come over and give me a hug or whatever yeah. in a way that it just in a normal home setting, it wouldn't, it wouldn't just happen spontaneously. Mm-hmm. And so I knew it was there. It was just, I didn't quite understand why it wasn't always there. And it just took me being more mature and kind of understanding where he came from. Sure. To understand that. And 
Yeah, and for me, like, it just depends on the child, I guess, because some children take that and they're like, they, their thinking isn't, okay, I'm going to change and evolve from this and learn from this. Some of some people are just like, well, I'm just going to mimic this because mm-hmm. this is what I think is right. is correct. And I mm-hmm. think that happens in environments that are toxic, yeah. where it, it you it's kind of pounded into you and you think that's what it is and you don't see anything else. So for me, it was just, it w- it was something that I resented growing up a little bit but I was always in a nurturing environment. And thankfully I had my mother there that was always sort of there to, to, to sort of, to sort of mitigate that and tell me like, that, you know, yeah, he, he just doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to express it to you. It's there, yeah. but he doesn't know. And if I didn't have that, maybe I'm a different person today. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That, yeah. that, 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 yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny. I was thinking too about how, um, I totally lost my train of thought, but that's okay. Dude, I <laughs> probably take us down a completely different path. Anyways, um, Sav, I've had a great time chatting with you tonight, man. Yeah, man. I, awesome. I, I, like I was I was so looking forward to this because I'm same like, I'm just going to sit down and we're going to talk. And, and, and I remember you were like, it probably won't be mostly about games. I'm like, perfect. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you, we, uh, so the week that we were off, like mm-hmm. last, well, last week, we put up a, a Patreon sort of stream that we did a pre-recorded thing that we had actually done two weeks prior, just answering questions from, from the, the patrons. And a lot of them, some of them delved into more personal stuff. Actually, that was the point, right? So for mm-hmm. them to get to sort of know us on a more personal level. And it was cool. It was cool because yeah, it, it's, it's different than, than the podcast, because again, they're asking about our personal tastes and, and things like that. So, you know, one of the questions was like, how have you guys coped with COVID? Like what, what's mm. happened in your lives? So it's one of those things that you have to be willing to sort of share and talk about. And and we all did. And, and I the responses to it was like, wow, I love hearing this stuff. That's what I'm saying, man. Like people are hungry for just something that's a little bit different. And for me, it, like this, this show is really born out of like, I kind of just want to have these conversations all the time. Yeah, you know, man. like just it took me, I don't know, a couple decades worth of just living where I'm like, why am I not really fulfilled with most conversations? And it's like local sports team this and politics that and blah, yeah blah, blah, it's blah. like and it's like Ugh. it's the conversations you sort of you sort of trained to have yeah and yeah but they don't in, in the end they're sort of meaningless well, trained to have man that is <laughs> that is like holy crap throw that on a bumper sticker or something yeah like, I mean, you know it's, it's one of those things that you learn okay when you're in a public setting these are the yeah about, you know you the weather or like, whatever turn it on <laughs> exactly no kidding yeah no but i i'm definitely if there's one thing that I really love about, you know, Cog sort of forcing me to be on the show, not forcing me. I, I did it of my own accord, but he had to nudge me a little bit. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to do this. It is the idea of, you know, finally being comfortable talking into a microphone and, and like, and just being sort of surprised and excited at the fact that people want to listen to our uh, to, to yes. what we have to say that is exactly what i'm talking about um the, yeah. again sort of like the origins of this show was i remember listening to other podcasts and somebody would like submit a question or right. i would submit a question and i'm like oh that moment is so great you got to hear yourself sort of like in that podcast but the moment was so fleeting that i always thought like okay well, what if that person had like more of a moment like they got to right they got to kind of converse a little bit and Again, I think you and I are very similar in this way. Like, I grew up very, very shy, which I think sometimes can surprise people, but I think mm-hmm. we're probably similar in that front. And I'm like, 
nobody listened to like what I would have. I I couldn't really talk for really that long. I would just shy up and kind of like run away. <laughs> um, but there is something to be said about just like, oh, you actually want to hear like my story. Yeah. You know, it's so rare that people will, I think, have that dialogue. And that's, I don't know, that's, that's why it's, that, this is a show that I would want to hear. You know, I like yeah. shows like this. So I, I made one. Absolutely, man. And and I, I can't commend you enough because, again, it not everybody can do that because not everybody can sort of carry a conversation just naturally, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's, it's hard because the moment you stop and think and be like, oh, my God, I'm performing or whatever the case may be, that's when you freeze up, right? And you're oh, like, big oh, my time. God, I have nothing now. What can I say now? Yeah. Um, and actually, I, I've, I've mentioned this a few times where I'm like, clearly, I've got like audacity running here. Like, this is clearly a recording. Yeah. And only now that I'm mentioning it, am I actually thinking about it? But like, that's not that doesn't run through my mind. Like, no, not at all. Like, exactly. When we when we logged on and you were like, "Okay, I'm pressing record now. That was it. it, Just start talking. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's funny that you mentioned the shyness and 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 speaking. I had a thing when my dad would take me to work with him when I was young and again, super shy, super Mm -hmm. sort of reserved. And I I I was sort of ashamed i was embarrassed embarrassed to say good morning because i didn't like the way it sounded yep Mm -hmm. something like hi how are you yeah it makes it sound it makes it way worse (laughs) (laughs) it was so this big up what good morning Mm -hmm. and it it was one of those things it's so weird and i remember even in high school um starting to come out of that show and the way it happened was I was in a class that was public, it was a public speaking class, right? Mm. So the boarding school had like this humongous uh, sort of quad area. There was a big pond and yeah. it was, and there was the, the, uh, what should we call it? The, um, the post office. There's a small little post office where everybody got their mail and packages mm-hmm. or whatnot. So what my uh, public speaking teacher would do was put a podium out in front of the pond knowing full well that the entire school walks through there at different points of the day (laughs) and he would conduct class from there. And you would have to stand up on that podium and read whatever you wrote speech, whatever the case may be essay, you would read it out loud for the entire school to hear. Wow. And it was just trial by fire. That's extreme dude. (laughs) Super extreme, but it worked, but but it worked because again, it was, it was a situation that was kind of always nurturing. Like your Mm -hmm. friends would walk by and they tease you or whatever, but it'd be playful. It's your turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's your turn. Yes. A lot of them, a lot of them had already taken this class. So like, you have to do this now. Yeah. It's kind of, it was one of those, like, like like a brotherhood type thing. Like, Oh, you're in the club now. Now you're, you get it now. And after that, honestly, it was, I, I kind of found my voice more. And then yeah. another thing that I've ta- that we've talked a lot about in, on the podcast is the, the dynamic that, that King brings to it and, mm-hmm. and what he brought to our group when we were younger. Um, we were always super competitive, but it was more it was a lot more sort of reserved and gentlemanly like. When King got in there and taught it, like, so, yeah, it got, it, it got it got messy. It got messy because he's <laughs> he's really making you feel like you're horrible. <laughs> so you have to learn to defend yourself, mm-hmm. and if you don't, like you would go home crying every damn weekend because yeah. it would be. So you had to learn how to verbally defend yourself, and to sort of develop that mental toughness to also sort of because King, King sort of hit his uh his tactics were to sort of break you down mentally. So even if you were better than in, at him in a, in a game, 
you just couldn't function because he yeah. would just fuck <laughs> your ear off. Yeah. And, and it was one of those things that in a lot of ways we grew up as men yeah. in that environment because it was, you know, you just, you just learn to defend yourself. You learn to sort of stand up for yourself and to sort of not be phased by, yeah. by situations that, that could cause nervousness or whatever. And man, it was, it's so many different things that we, that I've experienced, you know, that, that have sort of brought me to, to where I am today. But yeah, yeah. But I'll it was before you, the podcast. I think that's the unique thing. That's maybe where our paths differ a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe a lot in some cases. But like, like I, um, it was the podcast that like had me comfortable with. Okay, the other person's gonna be quiet for a second while I actually. Oh wait, I actually completed this thought. Like I had, like that was developed through the podcast. I, yeah. I had no business starting a podcast the way I was like you know five <laughs> six years ago. There's no way. Yeah. You know, and there's like I, that's sort of when I when I reflect on you know life and just. <laughs> time and things like that and the development of yourself it's like that's something I, I reflect on quite a lot you know when you put yourself out there and you, you're uncomfortable and you actually I don't know I don't know if it's an ignorance or a courageousness or whatever it is it's just like a blind will to do something different and then you yeah. kind of come out the other side totally different and you do I, I don't know man like I, I've often told people everybody should have their own podcast but it's like Maybe it's not a podcast, but something like something that you're just like you've never done before mm-hmm. that you think that you think you might enjoy and just like give it a shot. And who the hell cares if it's amazing or not? Or just <laughs> give it a try, man. Yeah. Drawing, playing guitar. Like, I don't it know. Doesn't like, matter. Yeah. It doesn't it, matter. It's, it sounds cliche, right? But mm-hmm. it's, what is it? What, what's the whole thing about, you know, the, the chant, the, whatever the, the chances you don't take? Oh, Wayne whatever. Gretzky. Yeah, man. Yeah. You miss every 100% of the shots you don't take. But you don't take. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it, it is so true. You know, I guess we're, you know, the, humans are corny. We're corny. Like, we are a little, yeah. We're a little corny. <laughs> so, you know, those are the type of things that sort of kind of uplift us and, and, and kind of force us to, to step out of our comfort zones and, and, and be willing to do different things. And, and for me, of my own accord, I wouldn't have done it, you know, yeah. so thanks to Cog. Or be here. Yeah, or exactly. Here. Like, well, I was, I was mainly, I was really excited for a couple of the reasons I've kind of talked about, but especially because there's so many of you guys on the yeah. show, you know, and I don't know that it really anybody gets, you know, a moment to kind of have a lot to say and like kind of go on and on. So oh, no, this is, I, I kind of wanted to, yeah, I kind of <laughs> wanted to get you, you know, have, have the solve moment. So that's the solve. It's episode. funny. It's funny that I guess I don't realize that people see me as the quiet one. Yeah, Cause definitely. Cause in the beginning, in the beginning, I know that I was quieter. Like I was, I, you know, and then I just kind of found my voice within like the context of the, of the, of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it sort of falls into where my voice fell into when we were growing up. Like it's just yeah. one of those things Like if we, if we really stop and think about our personalities, Mm-hmm. It haven't changed all that much, right? We've grown, yeah. we've matured. But in terms of the core as- aspects of each of our personalities, there's still it's still the same. Kind of set, you've settled it's, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a settling in. So now, yeah, it's it's I, I'm kind of right where I belong. Whereas, uh-huh. like you know, when King goes off the, off the wire or whatever, I'm gonna say something. Oh, there's no way or whatever. And it's so good. Attic sort of takes that that role as well, and I have to sort of shut Attic down too. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's excellent, like- dude. It's not it's not a podcast. Like if you just ask me, like what what are you what exactly are you looking for? I'm like, give me as many people on a podcast as as possible, and make it five six hours long. And like I like that's not what I would have drawn up, but as it turns right. out, it's something I really enjoy, dude. It's just talking. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I think that's what people gravitate to the fact that it's it's just talking yeah and you know when we do get down to like 
interviewing people and stuff like that. Cog is is super thorough and, and he's, you know, big shout out to him because he really works hard at just like the technical aspects of, of interviewing and stuff like that. Yeah. And from the beginning, he's like, you're a natural, just go. And I'm like, I, I didn't quite believe him until I just got thrown out there. And I remember just going to like to PAX, the first PAX and like King was like, you're going to be interviewing people and I'll record. And I'm like, uh, okay. And then you just go. Just go. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I love it, man. Well, I think, uh, do you want to, do you want to let everybody know where they, we've been talking about it. Most people probably have already listened to it, but do you want to let everybody know where they can find you on the internet and all your podcast or the, the podcast and everything? Absolutely. I mean, you could find me um, on Twitter, Lord Sav ILP. And of course, every Sunday um, at, well, usually 1 PM Eastern time um, on the Iron Lords podcast on YouTube. But starting tomorrow, actually, I know this is a pre-recorded show, but starting on the on September 12th, Sunday, mm-hmm. not, so not tomorrow, excuse me, this is Friday. <laughs> so uh, starting on the 12th of uh, September, we go to 11 a.m. until the end of football season. It's cause, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, we, yes, yes. We bend the knee to football. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we start at 11 a.m. starting this Sunday um, for a couple very of months. Cool. Yeah, very, very cool. cool. So I, I get to get most of my day back. <laughs> nice. All right. I'm 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 looking forward to it, man. Well, I, it's been it's been awesome just getting to know you a little bit better. And I've Thank I'm, you, brother. I continue to be a huge fan. And thanks for carving out some. I, I got a couple hours out of your not working or sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I appreciate it, my friend. <laughs> no, man. I thank you so much for having me. This this has been amazing. I love conversations like this. I cannot wait to the day where we could just hang out in person have the same conversation over a couple of uh, drinks or whatever, just hang out, uh, hopefully at it. And E3, if E3 is a thing in the future. <laughs> I told Cog, I told Cog that um, I'm in New York at the beginning of November, actually. I'll be in New York oh. City. So I'll just kind of like swing on by and just go like quick high five. And, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Like sweet. we actually, t- uh, tomorrow I'm going with the with the guys. Cog is going, uh, we're going to go see Shang-Chi. Oh, uh, nice. And just go and then hang out, get some food afterwards. So try to, try to, have some semblance of normalcy. No doubt. No doubt. Enjoy that, man. Well, thanks again for your time tonight. Dude. Thanks this so much, best. man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I feel so lucky to just be able to reach out to some of these people and have people reach out to me and they actually want to be on the show. (laughs) It's kind of to the point now too, where I think for the most part, people kind of know what they're signing up for, you know, like they either do their own research or they've been a listener of the show or whatever. And they, and still you choose to come on (laughs) every once in a while that kind of hits me. It's like, that's, that's actually kind of amazing. Uh, We've got a bunch of guests lined up for October. You guys, I'm really, really excited about it as we, I can't even believe I just said that October. What the crap? We're, we're basically through September here. We're into the thick of games. I'm going to be talking so much about all the games I'm playing right now. We're going to do um, like a bit of a review discussion on the Nintendo Drive for WarioWare. Ryan Turford and I, uh, if Kato's listening to this, this is probably the first that she's hearing about it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but that's okay. we got a bunch of games coming out. Um, Tales of Arise. We're playing it, all of us, me, Ryan, and actually, and Matt from the PlayStation Drive as well. We're all playing it. We're going to be reviewing that as well. I'm going to try my best to keep up with those guys. I finished Psychonauts. I'm going to be talking about that on the on the Xbox Drive. It's good times, man. I'm telling you. These conversations that I had with Sov here, with Lee Navarro last week, with so many people before this, um, I got to meet a whole bunch of amazing people earlier today <clears throat> as my throat continues to go on me. 
Um, just reflecting a lot on that right now. And I hope you guys have people like that in your lives from the bottom of my heart. I really do. Uh, and if you don't, go find them. <laughs> and there, and we, we're, we've got a wonderful community here. You definitely should be checking out Lord Sovereign and the team over at uh, Iron Lords Podcast. You can follow Sov, again, at Lord Sov, ILP. You probably already, but, you know, it's worthwhile mentioning that as well. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, of course, it's Sean LeConner, you can pre-like the pants. Uh, you can support the show and all the other stuff that we do. We work really hard, and we appreciate every single one of you guys for supporting the show at patreon.com slash Capri. We're almost at 70 people. We'd love to tip the scales up and over 70. We're actually, uh, we, we're, we've listened to the uh, to the Xbox Drive as well because we definitely hit 75 reviews. I don't think they're all five-star reviews. I don't think that's what we ever specified. They have to be good reviews on, on Apple Podcasts, but we have 75 reviews over there, which is helping us get discovered. Uh, so we're going to be giving away a controller. So listen to the Xbox Drive for more details on that if you want to learn about any of that. And this is the end of the song, and that's kind of it. This is the end of the show. If you're new... Um, I don't know why, but I, I sort of end the show with this little bit from, from Heavy Rain. The PlayStation 3 classic, the one that everybody remembers. Where's Jason? He interrupts me all the time, but this is the end. Thank you guys. For- Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!